ESPN Radio. Just in. The Falcons have traded Matt Ryan to the Colts. He knew the Falcons were probably going in a different direction. Indy feels like they can get it done without a star quarterback. I think that's what Indy is thinking. This is ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at ChrisCanty99, at AmberW790, or join the conversation on the Canty call-in line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We are asking you, will Baker Mayfield be a week one starter next season? We know where he won't be a week one starter, probably not for the Atlanta Falcons, because within the last 30 minutes, the news has broken that Marcus Mariona is now the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, they traded away Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. And to discuss this further, we bring in our friend Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst. And Harry, you're the perfect guest. It's almost like we planned it this way, because of course you played with Mariota in Tennessee. You played with Matty Ice in Atlanta. So let's start with with Matt Ryan. What's your reaction to your QB headed to the Colts? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm excited for Matt Ryan. And excuse my voice, y'all, because I kind of lost my voice. So I'm excited for Matt on the side of being able to compete for a championship. When you look at the Colts roster, it is excellent from top to bottom. Now, on the flip side of it, uh, Atlanta fans, you have mixed emotions, right? A lot of people are sad. Some people are happy. People that are sad, they understand that you have a quarterback who threw for just under six, 60,000 yards. Back in 2008, I'll start with 2007, the organization was in shambles. And I say that because you had the Michael Vick situation going and the Bobby Petrino era. So they was in need of a reset. In 2008 was that year. And Matt Ryan basically came and saved that organization from more trials and errors. And he's just been so dynamic. I was drafted that same year with him in 2008. And he is the ultimate pro, a guy who's going to be in there early, a guy who's going to stay late, a guy that's going to go above and beyond in every aspect of the game of football to never cheat people, the fans, his teammates, to make sure they get always get the best of him. Now, the outcome may not have always been like that on the field, but that was Matt Ryan's mindset, and he always held himself accountable when things didn't go correctly. Harry, what does this move do for the Indianapolis Colts in terms of them competing in the division and overall in the conference? Well, I'll tell you this. I like it a lot because one thing I know about Matt Ryan, he's a smart quarterback. He's going to protect the football. He's going to throw the football with timing. The receivers are going to have to be in the spots that they're asked to be at because that's the kind of guy he is. He's an amazing leader. And I think that's what this Colts team, especially offensively, I believe that's what they need. And he has a dynamic run game. So it's not like he's just going to be going back, dropping back a ton of times throwing the football. But what you were counting on Carson Wentz to do this year, I know Matt Ryan could have did if he was in that situation. So that's what you're getting. ESPN football analyst Harry Douglas joining Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas with a voice that sounds a little bit like Las Vegas, Harry, but you're powering through. I, I love it. So 
with Matt Ryan. He got they got a they got a third round pick uh, in return. Were you surprised that it was just a third? And apparently, this dead money hit, which will break an NFL record against the Falcons, it looks like it'll be forty and a half million. And it doesn't look like the Colts are absorbing that from what's been uh, reported so far. Uh, are you surprised? Does it feel like to you that the Falcons were kind of doing Matt Ryan a solid here, maybe, and sending him where he wanted to go? And you you had to you that's the only way you can look at it. And Arthur Smith has the utmost respect. Arthur Blank, uh, Rich McKay, Terry Fontenot, they have the utmost respect for Matt Ryan. So I knew they were going to send him off the correct way, in a way that in a place that he probably wanted to play. And that's what you do for a guy who brought your organization out of shambles, um, has been solid from top to bottom. That's the respect that he demands. That's the respect that the Falcons organization gives players who've meant so much to that organization. And now Matt Ryan's in Indy. Now we got to see the rest. Let's get to Marcus now. Harry, now Marcus, that uh, – go ahead. No, I'll say this. Marcus Mariota, I had a chance to play with Marcus his rookie year. Uh, my first three years in Tennessee. And I know he's at a different state of, of, of mindset-wise than he was back then, but his knock was – not being able to stay healthy and stand on the football field. Even in uh, with the Raiders, he had a few times he got nicked up. So I think that's the biggest hurdle for me when it comes to Marcus Mariota. Can he be consistent? Can he stay on the football field and help the Falcons win games? Harry, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but just looking at it from your perspective, the fact that the Falcons used the fourth overall pick last year on Kyle Pitts rather than drafting Justin Fields – when he was still on the board, does that look like more of a mistake today, or do you still stand by the Falcons making that decision? To be honest with you, Chris, I still stand by it today. Mm. And you want to know why? Because in next year's draft, you have guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Spencer Rattler, Henry Hooker, Will Nivis, Brennan Armstrong, Anthony Richardson. You have all these young guys, Jaden Daniels, that can come out if they want to in the NFL draft next year. So next year's draft class from a quarterback position is going to be solid. Harry Douglas on with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. So I want to go back to Marcus Mariota for just a minute. You actually, Harry Douglas, are the one who broke the news to me. It was your Twitter that broke the news to me that Marcus Mariona is now the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, and you said he's back with Arthur Smith in all caps. Tell me about that relationship between Mariota and Arthur Smith and how important you think that is here. I think it played a major factor in this, both guys being so familiar with one another. And Arthur Smith uh, knowing what it takes to get Marcus to play at a high level. Now, the last time Marcus was in Tennessee, he actually got benched for Ryan Tannehill. Now, a lot of people say Arthur Smith benched him. Well, Arthur Smith wasn't the head coach. So that was the head coach that actually benched Marcus, and Marcus wasn't playing good. So it's not like it wasn't warranted you know what I mean so I just think being familiar with the offense and Marcus just getting a fresh start is going to be good for him and we got to look at the Falcons side of this thing now you couldn't keep you, you couldn't have kept investing money into Matt Ryan knowing that he's getting older and older so they had to do a reset within the organization so that's the bright part about this now they get the reset and now we get to see the next two or three years how it's going to all play out and, Harry, that's what I wanted to ask you when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. What's the plan next in terms of the rest of free agency and the NFL draft? 
Where do the Falcons go from here? Because it feels like they're in a full rebuild. Yeah, well, they have a ton of picks in this draft. So I know they're going to be looking to bring guys offensive line, wide receivers, defensive line, guys who rush the passer, corner. They have a whole bunch of holes they got to fill. But I think one of the main things for me is that wide receiver room too, that offensive line, defensive line. Those are huge places that, that need to – like Matt Ryan, when he was there in the last three or four years, was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League. Now, Marcus Mariota is a dual-threat quarterback, and he can escape some of that, but still, you don't want your quarterback getting hit that much. So, reassuring the offensive line back up, and then guys who can rush the passer. That's been the Achilles heel for the Falcons the last four or five years, not being able to sack the quarterback and get to the quarterback at will – and in hindsight, Chris, you know this because you played on defensive line, that helps the secondary in the back end. I don't care who you got out there. If you're asking guys to cover for 10 seconds, it's humanly impossible. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out for the Falcons. They've got the eighth pick in this upcoming draft. Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst. Harry, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you all. Coming up next, does the optics of Deshaun Watson's new contract hurt the NFL? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns organization released statements about the Deshaun Watson acquisition. We need specifics about this due diligence, this extensive research he did. I mean, that, that to me doesn't mean anything. We will get to Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns in just a moment. But you can join the conversation with us on the Canty Column line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We have been asking you, will Baker Mayfield be a starting quarterback in week one of this upcoming NFL season? Let's go out to Darren. He's in West Virginia. Darren, is Baker going to start? No, I don't think he'll be a starter in the NFL this year. Uh, what is his only chance really right now is Seattle. And yep. also, I believe the best fit for him, this might sound crazy to you, would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backing up Tom Brady, learning how to be a professional, learning how to be a leader of men. I hear you where you're coming from, Darren, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers already have Kyle Trask in place, and, I, and I'm not sure that Bruce Arians wants to bring in another mercurial talent uh, in Baker Mayfield when he just came off of the Antonio Brown roller coaster. I'm not quite sure that he's going to go back down that road. I don't think he has the appetite for it, and I don't think the organization or that locker room has the appetite for that as well. So I, I don't see it. Is Baker Mayfield one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the world? I would say yes, but we also know that, you know, if you have baggage, if you have some issues, that teams are hesitant to turn over the keys to their franchise to you. Um, I mean, you can go back years and look at the Colin Kaepernick situation. At the time, you could make the case that he was one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world, but teams wouldn't bring him in because of the baggage. Now, I'm not saying it's apples to apples in this instance, but – there are some bags that come along with Baker Mayfield, and the talent doesn't exceed the headache. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't see a landing spot outside of Seattle for him to be handed a starting quarterback job. Now, could it be a scenario, Amber, where he comes in and competes for a job? I could see that, but I don't think somebody's going to gift wrap the starting role to him. 
Well, and if Baker's going to be a backup quarterback, he would absolutely want to be in a position where he's competing for a job. We're only four years removed from him being a number one overall pick, and he's, what, 26 years old? So we're talking about a young quarterback. Again, we're only a season removed from him having a very good season. So I, I do think it would be more likely if he was going to end up in a backup role, it would be in a role where he would be competing for a job. He definitely would not. Not that he's in control of his own destiny, but he absolutely would not be happy in a situation like backing up a Tom Brady where, frankly, he would never sniff the field. So let's go out to Andre in New England. Andre, is Baker going to be a starter? Thanks for taking the call. Answer to that question has to be no. The NFL, among other things, stands for not for long. It's a feast to famine business. And Baker Mayfield right now finds himself as the odd man out. And so what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to learn from Jameis Winston. He's going to have to put his hard hat on. And he's going to have to go into a situation. He, he claims, you know, and he has that walk-on heritage, that walk-on mentality, and he's going to have to reestablish himself in the NFL because right now, you know, Baker Mayfield, those days at Oklahoma, all of the glory, it's in the past, and people are looking at him like Baker Mayfield. He has to reestablish himself, regain that worker's uh, mentality. He can do it, but there's no more star uh, in his uh, – there's no, there's no more star for him. He has to take on that uh, secondary – opportunity thanks for taking the call thanks yeah, and, and i guess to your point andre i, I just the, the entitlement that baker mayfield had the audacity to reach out to cleveland and say you want to be traded to the indianapolis colts a team that's <laughs> in your conference I, I just think that's that shows a complete lack of awareness in terms of where he's at and understanding that he's not in any position to dictate to that franchise and i think the indianapolis colts gave him a dose of reality and said we're going with Matt Ryan. We will prefer to go to go to a quarterback that's a decade older. Granted, a more proven track record, but we'll go that direction rather than to take a shot on you. When our general manager came out around the combine and said they're looking for a quarterback that can be their starter for the next decade plus, that that that's where Indy is on Baker Mayfield. They they're in a position where they don't view him as a viable option to be that long term answer at the quarterback position. And Amber, I wonder. How many other teams out there are taking that stance when it comes to Baker Mayfield? Because as you mentioned, he is such a young quarterback, and we are talking about being four years removed from being a number one overall pick. I don't think it's a huge knock against Baker. I know you and I differ here. I don't think it's a huge knock against Baker that the Colts would prefer Matt Ryan, frankly, because the Colts are in a win-now kind of situation. They're trying to capitalize on this moment right now. And you're talking about a former MVP. You're talking about a quarterback who has been to a Super Bowl. And if you pull up Matt Ryan's career, it was, what, 14 years already with Atlanta? Yep. It was a remarkable, years. remarkable career in every category. I think a four – I don't have this any in front of me. I, mean, I think – off the top of my head, four-time Pro Bowler, right? I mean, in, in 2016, he won that MVP. So yep. he's obviously a much, 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 much more decorated quarterback than, frankly, you could probably ever expect Baker Mayfield to even be. And that's not even a slight against Baker. It's just that I think Matt Ryan deserves that level of respect. So I don't think choosing Matt Ryan is necessarily a huge knock on Baker. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other knocks on on Baker Mayfield so far this offseason. Do you think that the Texans not having an interest in Baker Mayfield at all is a knock against Baker. The fact that they would rather go with Davis Mills. Now, I understand there's, of course, a different way to look at that, that the Texans are not necessarily in a win-now kind of situation and that David, Davis Mills, there's no gamble there because they're in a total rebuild. So why bring in Baker? But Baker would have only been 
probably a season gamble for them as well. And a quarterback who has proven more than a Davis Mills. So is it a knock against Baker that the Texans didn't want him included in that Deshaun Watson trade? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's clearly a, a, a guy that would have been a throw-in to that deal, and the Texans said, no, thank you. We, we don't want any parts of that. And I'm wondering how many other teams around the National Football League that don't have their long-term answer at quarterback that are continuing to rebuild are saying the same things about Baker Mayfield. I mean, you look at a team um, like the Detroit Lions. I mean, Jared Goff is a bridge option for them. They, they don't quite know what they're doing at the quarterback position. They're going to continue to go. I mean – the Pittsburgh Steelers already signed Mitch Trubisky. I mean, there are other spots around the NFL. The New York Giants, they, they don't quite know what they're doing, although they signed Tyrod Taylor to be their backup quarterback. There are a lot of other places around the National Football League that are looking at bridge options. I mean, heck, even the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are a team that was in on Deshaun Watson. They realized they weren't going to get him. They couldn't walk it back with Mike Ryan. For the Falcons not to consider Baker Mayfield on a one-year proposition – and bring in Marcus Mariota, that's an indictment on Baker Mayfield. There's no other way to slice it. At least Baker Mayfield has a playoff win on his resume. Baker Mayfield, you know, he, he's he's accomplished some things in this league. When he had his rookie year, he reset the touchdown passing record for rookies um, in, in, that, in that 2018 season. So it's, it's not as if Baker Mayfield doesn't have talent. I don't think it's just a matter of talent. I think it's also a part of – the, the baggage that comes along with them and, and the personality and him being a little mercurial. Those are things that organizations are hesitant to take a chance on, especially in a one-year proposition, knowing that there seems to be a ceiling on the talent level that he actually has. I do think it's not a good look that the Falcons would rather go with Marcus Mariota immediately. I, I guess, though, the fact that Mariota does have that relationship, did play for Arthur Smith in Tennessee does factor into this. He so can't maybe stay it's healthy, though. He can't stay healthy, Amber. I get the relationship part of it, but the best ability is availability. You, we can have a great relationship. You can be my friend, but you're, you're all, I'm also dependent. Your jo- my job is dependent on you being available to be out there to be my starting quarterback, and that's not something that Marcus Mariota has ever been able to do, even in Las Vegas as a backup quarterback. So That's I don't know. fair. It's, that's a fair point. All right, coming up. <laughs> I will give you my top five NFL off-season winners, but first, Chris Canty, tell us about eBay. All right, when a part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. Maybe it's a drop ball. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. Well, Amber, whenever this happens, the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car, but unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. That's a lot of parts. But that way, you can make sure you get the parts you need to make your car a winner. Visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. You're listening to ESPN Radio. More after this. ESPN Radio. Who are the winners of a wild NFL NFL offseason already. This is ESPN Radio. You're listening to us on the ESPN app series XM channel 80 and on ESPN Plus. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm going to give you my top five winners. Everyone loves a good top five list, Chris Cantor. Oh, I love my, lists. I love course. this, Amber. It's, it's great. It just brings it all home. It's snackable content. It's awesome. There's nobody love who doesn't list. love sports radio. It doesn't love a good list. So I'll give you my yeah. top five winners of the 
NFL offseason. So far, my NFL top five is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. Now, before I jump into the meat of things, though, Chris Canty, I do have an honorable mention, and it's it's pretty wild that at this point we have gotten to a place of an honorable mention. Let's get into everything. Which teams were great? tackle at the 15, 10-5, touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. So my honorable mention, Aaron Rodgers. What? What? We spent, <laughs> what, like a year and a half of our lives talking about where's Aaron Rodgers going to end up in this Aaron Rodgers. And then he comes out, and the monster deal and monster guarantee and Chris Canty, with all the breaking news here over the last couple of weeks, that Aaron Rodgers deal feels like three years ago and, frankly, feels a little low. So, Aaron, you might want to go and renegotiate already with the Packers. That's my honorable mention, but let's dive into my actual top five here. Let's get it going. Number five. Matt Stafford. He got paid. Now, we knew Aaron Rodgers was going to get paid and get a new deal. It was time for Matt Stafford, but it wasn't a necessity. So I'll put Matt Stafford as a big winner here with big money above Aaron Rodgers. He got paid, and he deserved it coming off of, of course, a fresh Super Bowl win, Chris Canty. No doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about a signing bonus of $60 million and the guaranteed money of being around the 130 mark. So it's pretty good money for Matt Stafford overall. It's four years, $160 million. It's where he wanted to be. One of the things we got to keep in mind when we talk about Matt Stafford, we, we, we always think about those years in Detroit, decade plus in that organization, and, and really not having a lot of high-end success. But all the while, Matt Stafford kept an off-season home in Southern California. And so the fact that he was able to come in in year one, win a Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams, this is where he wanted to be. This is where he wanted to finish his NFL career. So it makes sense that he would do a deal that ends up being team-friendly. It ends up being a reasonable rate. It's a lot less than I thought it would be, $40 million a year. I can't believe I'm saying that about the quarterback position, that $40 million a year is a lot less than I thought it would be. But I think that's the state of the quarterback market, and it's a great deal for the Rams, a great deal for Matt Stafford. If I told you a couple years ago when he was on the Lions and Matt Stafford was going to get paid 40 mil a year, uh, you would have thought that was phenomenal for him in his future. But you're right. We are seeing all kinds of money thrown around the NFL. Let's get to number four. Number four. We've been seeing the money, and it's not just to quarterbacks, Chris. Devontae Adams, that man also got paid. He, of course, is now the highest paid wide receiver in all of NFL history. Mm. An average annual value of 28 and a half. He's got 142 and a half million total. And he gets to play with his BFF and his college quarterback in Derek Carr. Apparently, he didn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers, we learned. Apparently, he wanted to maybe live in Las Vegas. Maybe he didn't want state income tax. Reportedly, the Packers offered him the same deal money-wise. I guess when you think of the tax implications, maybe it doesn't amount to the same. But the same no. deal money-wise as the Raiders and Devontae Adams chose to leave for greener pastures. He got to control his own destiny and he got paid big winner this offseason. Yeah, he got off the Rogers roller coaster and now not only does he get to play with one of his best friends, but he gets to play with his neighbor. Devontae Adams has a home right next to Derek Carr in the same neighborhood. They throw together in the offseason. So it's no question that the two are going to have chemistry in the two years that they were at Fresno State. They hooked up for 39 
touchdown catches. So this is going to be one of those moves for the Raiders that brings instant dividends. Who cares that you gave away a first and second round draft pick in this year's draft? You weren't going to be able to find a receiver that brings to the table what Devontae Adams does. And after they lost Henry Ruggs in that tragic accident this season, it just seems like a move that makes all the sense in the world. You put him with Hunter Renfo and Darren Waller and, and Josh Jacobs in that offense, and there's no reason to think that the Las Vegas Raiders can't score points with the best that that division has to offer. And that's why Josh McDaniels made the move in the first place. The Raiders could have been on my list of top five. You'll just have to stay tuned to see if they make my top three. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. We are in the middle of my NFL top five offseason winners thus far. Let's get to number three. Number three. The Indianapolis Colts. Breaking news <laughs> that we have been talking about all show long. They now have a quarterback in Matt Ryan. Essentially flipped Carson Wentz. For Matt Ryan, only had to give up a third in return to get a former MVP and a quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl. And although he's in his upper 30s, still has a lot left in the tank and is still playing at a pretty elite level. No doubt about it. The Colts went from the outhouse to the penthouse. And Amber, one of the things that I didn't realize is when I was looking at the salary cap for the Indianapolis Colts, just to see how much cap space they have, they have $17 million in cap space remaining, even with Matt Ryan taking up $23.7 million on their cap currently. Now, the other thing that I noticed is that they do have Yannick Ngakwe on their roster. I forgot that they traded for him from the Las Vegas Raiders last week. So the Colts are making moves and they're staffing up. And Matt Ryan seems like he's the piece that puts them over the top in terms of contending for the division. If you had to force me to pick a division winner in the AFC South today, I would absolutely take the Indianapolis Colts. Making moves and still some room then with $17 million to make some more. Let's move on into my top two. Number two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't know if it was going to be the Kyle Trask era in Tampa or mm. some other quarterback they were going to have to bring in from the outside. But apparently, Tom Brady's not done. He has decided to unretire. His retirement lasted 40 days. And here we are with Tom Brady once again, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously has won a Super Bowl for them obviously the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and there's no disputing that whatsoever so it's pretty good if you're the Buccaneers right now yeah Amber after 40 days uh, in the wilderness that is making bag lunches and checking off things off of Giselle's to-do list Tom Brady decided he had enough of that and he'd rather go back to playing in the National Football League and getting hit by NFL defensive linemen but for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have to be a huge winner. And this is why Jason Light said that they leave the light on for him because they realized when Tom Brady stepped away, it wasn't because he didn't think that he could compete at a high level. It was really motivated by the family pulling on his heartstrings. And it turned out not to be enough to keep Tom Brady away from the NFL for a 23rd season. So every Bucs fan, every player in that locker room has to feel like a huge winner because you're getting – a guy that probably would have won the MVP this year had it not been for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Giselle might have been winning in this, too. Maybe it was Tom's to-do list that <laughs> she was like, yo, just get back to work. I can't deal fair with Fair enough. This. That is fair. That is fair. Let's get to my biggest winner of the NFL offseason so far. Number one. I hate that this is my number one. I hate that I have to do this because he shouldn't be winning right now in the midst of everything, frankly, that he has been accused of. But Deshaun Watson is the obvious biggest winner here of the NFL offseason so far because $230 million guaranteed. Like, that is why. That is astronomical in every sense. 
He got paid like a free agent four years before he would have been one and certainly goes to a place where he's going to be in a much, much better position than he would have been with the Houston Texans. That we knew. We knew he'd be a winner in that respect, and we'll get into this more later in the show. We knew he'd be a winner in terms of he was in control of his own destiny. He has the no-trade clause that makes him a huge winner, of course, in that league, and him being such a coveted quarterback, a top-five player at his position the last time we saw him and so young we knew he'd win in terms of where he landed we didn't know Chris that he'd win in terms of 230 million guaranteed yeah and I'll say this Amber I think out of the teams that were the finalists this is by far the best destination from a football standpoint you've got a proven head coach in Kevin Stefanski who won coach of the year his first year out with the Cleveland Browns his first season and you have the supporting cast, you have the offensive line, you have the weapons at the skill position spots, and you have a top five defense. I thought this was the best landing spot for Deshaun um, when you consider the finalists were the Falcons, the Saints, and the Carolina Panthers. So a good place for Deshaun to land, and from that standpoint, you have to consider him a winner. The contract thing also makes him a huge winner because if it weren't for that, I don't know if the Cleveland Browns were going to be able to turn around that recruitment process for Deshaun. He is a huge winner in terms of his bank account for right now. We'll see what happens in some of those civil lawsuits. But I mentioned Deshaun's monstrous deal. So coming up next, we'll discuss if Watson's new deal is reflective of where the quarterback market is now headed. That's next. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. Let's talk about Joe Burrow for a moment because – Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals, they just got better. They added Leo Collins uh, to protect Joe Burrow. We know, Chris, that that was a huge initiative for the Cincinnati Bengals this season. That is where they needed to get better, and certainly they get better with Collins there to help protect Burrow. But what's interesting about this story is how they talk Collins into going to the Bengals. Now, (laughs) I don't know if they needed to do this because I kind of think maybe just like, hey, we are in the Super Bowl. We're really darn good. We have a generational quarterback who's super young at the helm come here like that might have been a good enough pitch in and of itself but Joe Burrow took it a step further apparently a heck of a recruiter he invited Lyle Collins over to his house he invited the other members of the line there he invited who do you have he had Hayden, Hayden Hurst was there and, uh, yeah and Ted Grass and Alex Kappa and he invited their wives and girlfriends they had a nice little shindig everyone got along and it worked Leo Collins is now on the Cincinnati Bengals well yeah well we do know in this situation it wasn't the money that pushed the deal over the finish line because Leo Collins gets a three-year deal that could be worth up to 30 million dollars but based on the structure of it it really is a two-year 20 million dollar deal so 10 million dollars a year for a legitimate starting right tackle in his mid-20s. You're talking about a guy that started over 70 games, played at a high level for the Dallas Cowboys in his his mid-20s. That's a heck of a deal. So I think it's a combination of a couple of different factors. As you mentioned, Amber, the success that the team had and the upward trajectory for the Bengals, especially with Joe Burrow, but then the fact that you have this culture that's on this team, like they're building towards something that's special, I think that's – That's really the tipping point, to be in an environment that you're comfortable with, to be in an environment where there are a bunch of LSU Tigers. I mean, Jamar Chase is there. Joe Burrow is there. I think that that actually factors into it as well. So I think it overall is a good situation for Lyle Collins to be into because this is somebody who the New England Patriots were sniffing around among other teams. There were going to be other destinations, but for Joe Burrow – 
to have urgency and to aid the organization into putting the pieces around him that are going to allow him to play at a high level, I think that's really important, and that's telling in terms of the leadership intangibles, the leadership attributes that he brings to the table. The Cowboys released Collins on March 17th. There was a big market for Collins. I wanted my Miami Dolphins to go after Collins. There was a lot of suitors for Collins, including the New England Patriots, but we're kind of far removed from that dynasty then where he'd rather go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Imagine if I told you that five years ago, Chris, that he'd be choosing the Cincinnati Bengals over the New England Patriots and him and Joe Burrow already getting along. He texted Joe Burrow, your new bodyguard is in town. Nobody is touching you. ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I'm ecstatic that we signed um, Deshaun Watson, and I'm ecstatic because it's time for a new chapter. So Deshaun Watson is now the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty, his deal a monstrous one and 230 million dollars guaranteed it's Ooh, unheard of it's say that again amber amber can you say that again 30 million dollars guaranteed <laughs> i mean it is unheard of if you're aaron Rodgers, you were sitting out here i'm telling you aaron is like yo packers let's can we can we talk about that contract again maybe i need to revisit this that How is obnoxious like a, amber did, that did is Rodgers get 150 million guaranteed and we thought it was unbelievable and it was record-breaking and then Watson just went ahead and broke it immediately? No, that's exactly what happened, but that's so obnoxious. $230 million guaranteed for a practical matter. I mean, all that the Browns gave up in order to get Deshaun Watson, you knew he's probably going to see all of the money on his contract, so you get it. But to guarantee that amount of money, just think about this. When owners guarantee contracts like this, Amber, when they guarantee any contracts, like the guaranteed portion of it, they have to write a check that gets put into escrow for the full amount of the guarantee. So, you know, for the L.A. Rams, Stan Kroenke wrote a check for $120 million for Matt Stafford's contract, and he put that in the bank, and so that will be paid out according to the schedule in the contract. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, wrote a check for damn near a quarter of a billion dollars for Deshaun Watson after they traded away all of that capital to the Houston Texans to acquire him. That is really unbelievable. It really is. Now, in fairness, Haslam was worth, uh, you know, something like $3.8 billion. Well, yeah, he's an so, NFL owner. See, he's, oh, he's, he's worth a lot it. of money, but they don't like to do that. They don't like to put – I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson isn't the only, only player on the team that he's had to write a guarantee uh, – a right. check for guaranteed money to. So, I mean, this is we're, – we're talking about a significant investment in this player – just beyond the draft picks. And I guess that's the part that's that's really striking about this. The Cleveland Browns were very aggressive in going after Deshaun Watson, but it's also one of those things that Deshaun Watson wanted ever since things went left in Houston, which was to have more say in what the organization was doing, to have a direct line to ownership, to have more influence. And when the owner writes that kind of a check, then you know the player is going to have some, some swing, some sway, in the organization, and so Deshaun Watson essentially getting exactly what he wanted in Cleveland. Well, and this is shocking for a multitude of reasons and the optics of this. We'll get into that later in the show. But 
let's talk about what this does to the quarterback market because in a vacuum, Deshaun Watson, it appears, didn't want to go to Cleveland. He was out on Cleveland. It looked like maybe he was going to go to Atlanta and then all of a sudden swerve. He had 230 million reasons to go to Cleveland and all of a sudden he's moving to Cleveland, Ohio. So what does this mean moving forward? Now we have Derek Carr is about to get paid, but a much older quarterback there. Lamar Jackson is a young quarterback in a contract year representing himself he should get paid he's looking at this deal I imagine Lamar Jackson is calling up Deshaun Watson and saying thank you thank you for resetting this market right because if Deshaun Watson and I let's not pretend too that there's not you know 23 women accusing Deshaun Watson and 22 pending civil suits against Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct and sexual assault because that's all part of the Deshaun Watson story it ain't part of Lamar Jackson's story so if I'm Lamar Jackson I'm going to the Ravens now like yo (laughs) yeah Deshaun Deshaun Watson definitely makes things easier from a negotiating standpoint with Lamar Jackson I mean all he has to do is go into Eric DaCosta's office, no gun, no mask, put the money in the bag. That's the situation with Lamar. You're talking about a quarterback that's won a playoff game. He's got an MVP in the trophy case, and he's had several double-digit win seasons. So it just seems like it would be a situation that makes sense for the Ravens to try to get this done sooner as opposed to later because we know that the quarterback market is getting dri- is, is, is only going to get driven up when guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert get their deals done. Lamar Jackson – This is one of those that you want to get knocked out in short order. I mean, you just think about it. Pat Mahomes is at $45 million a year. Josh Allen is at $43 million a year. Deshaun Watson now at $46 million a year. Aaron Rodgers is at $50 million a year. I mean, Lamar Jackson is younger than all of those guys. I mean, he just turned 20. Amber, he just turned 25. He, he just turned 25. It's amazing. He's been in the like NFL. He's been in the, he's been in the NFL four years. He just turned 25. So it's, just, you, it's, it, it's and, unbelievable to just think about the runway that the Baltimore Ravens have with Lamar Jackson. You could be talking about getting high-level quarterback play from this guy for the next dozen years. And so you definitely have to invest, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of money. You mentioned Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. After next season, presumably they're going to be asking to get paid as well. Obviously, Joe Burrow appearing in a Super Bowl in his second year in the NFL. Those dudes are going to get paid too. And now I think the movement in the NFL is going to be this guaranteed money because players are recognizing how important that is and that teams are actually finally budging on that front, that the structure of the money and the structure of the contract is maybe even more important, of course, than the numbers in the contract. And $230 million guaranteed is just remarkable. Coming up next, does Matt Ryan make the Colts a legit Super Bowl contender? That's next.